I'm putting love on the radio, spreading joy everywhere I go. There's no way to hide my hope. Oh, no, this little light of mine. Hey, I'm gonna let it shine. Telling the world to save my soul. The only way I know with love on the radio. Hello, everybody. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM or wherever you're listening to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We also have officially launched a YouTube channel now, and so that means you can actually watch the show potentially if you if you find it. Just search for The Ryan Young Show, and then you'll be able to see all of my weird hand motions and everything. I don't know. Maybe you'd be interested in doing that. Uh, it may be also easier for you to share the show, share what's going on here on the program. But we've got a lot of fun stuff prepared for you today. A really cool testimony from Denzel Washington, actually. You might know him. He's in a lot of famous movies. He's a, he's a great actor, a, a solid Christian. And I think you're going to enjoy hearing his testimony coming up in a little while. Plus, we have an important question of the day and a whole lot of interesting stories to talk about today right here on The Ryan Young Show, live on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7. FM. Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? Woohoo! All right, so it's October 28th, 2021. It's also National First Responders Day, and this, this holiday recognizes the heroic men and women who make it their business to take immediate action when disaster strikes, from the paramedics to the police to the firefighters, all the first responders out there. We wanted to give a special thank you and a recognition for all that you do every single day to make our country more safe and to protect the lives of so many people. And I wanted to make sure we were able to do that at least for a moment today on the show. If you know a firefighter, a police officer, a paramedic, any first responder, tell them thank you for what they are doing, for the sacrifice and the service that they do every single day in our country and all around the world, really. So we've got a lot of different stuff we talk about on the show. Recently, I haven't been wanting to get involved in all of the news that's taking place. I've kind of pushed that away and done more evergreen topics about faith and freedom and different questions. And I haven't really tried to bring in a lot of news stories, but I went around, I, I look, I look every, every time I do the show, just so you know. And if I see something that I think needs to be brought up, that needs to be discussed on the show that, that you don't, that I don't think you're going to hear anywhere else, I will bring that to you on the show. And today I've got four stories that you might not have heard about that I want to discuss that, that are very important. I can't just dismiss them. These are, very serious when it comes to our matters of faith and conservative and, and really principles that you're going to care about, stories that you're going to want to know about. The first one is regarding the D.C. police officers. We have just found out that many of them have been ordered to abort their babies, if you can believe this. This past week, two Washington, D.C. police officers, Assistant Police Chief Chanel Dickerson and 24-year veteran Karen Arakipo revealed that early on in their careers, they had been told to have an abortion or they would lose their jobs. Fearing for their careers, both women aborted their unborn babies. And I, I'm just going to share some of this article with you. 
This was a city-sponsored police department issuing an ultimatum to two black women, abort your unborn child or see your career come to an end. This this obviously has received very little or no media coverage whatsoever, but I wanted to share it with you because this is crazy because we're seeing here now coerced abortion. Uh, this is uh, this is actually far from an abnormal occurrence as the article states. And here let me let me share why they say that it's an ab- far from an abnormal occurrence. Just weeks ago, 500 female athletes have filed a brief in the much-anticipated U.S. Supreme Court case, Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, arguing that an unborn child's right to life is a serious threat to the, quote, hard-fought progress made in women's sports. This, this case is arguing that female athletes could not be, quote, as successful as they are without abortion making it possible. And this is an amicus brief uh, referenced a woman named Sonia Richards-Ross, she's an Olympic track athlete, who after revealing she had an abortion prior to competing, stated, quote, most of the women I knew in my sport have had at least one abortion. Uh, she also said, which, which the mainstream media is forgetting to say, which I'll tell you right now, she said, in that moment, it seemed like I had no choice at all. I made a decision to get an abortion, and that broke me. Yeah, the, the media is not discussing this. The reason why... It's important that we talk about it is because we're seeing forced coercion in the workplace in a lot of different ways. And I think it's becoming more and more made clear, especially with everything taking place right now with these vaccine mandates, where we're seeing not only individual businesses forcing many employer employees to get vaccinated or to lose their jobs. We're talking nurses, doctors in many hospitals all across the country. We're also seeing now that the president of the United States, through the power that he has, I really believe it's abusing the power, is trying to really mandate vaccines for many people, including those in the military. We've had stories on the show before where Marines and, and Navy and Army servicemen have now been actually terminated from their jobs, and they're even trying to dishonorably discharge them, which means that they will not receive the benefits or, or the, the stipend when you retire from the military. And, and there's a whole lot going on right now, but we're becoming more and more aware of the coercion and, and the power that, that is being abused by not only our employers, but also our government here. We're seeing now police officers revealing that they have now, they had been ordered before in their life to abort their babies in order to keep their jobs. And what I find very fascinating while we, while we wrap up this story and move to the next one is that the women's right, the feminist movement on the left seems to praise this as, as, as we read in that amicus brief that somehow without the right for women to have this abortion that now their jobs being an Olympic athlete are in jeopardy. They're praising it as a almost rite of passage that they have the ability and really are being coerced into being, to having their child be aborted. And I wonder, is that the right angle to be taking? I don't believe so. If anything, this, this should be something that the feminist movement is standing up against. The fact that an employer can tell you that you're going to be terminated unless you abort your baby? It's always surprising to me to see where exactly the feminist movement on the left will stand on on really fundamental core issues like the right of a woman to be able to have a child and keep their job. 
wanted to bring that to your attention. And I've got another abortion topic that, that we can discuss since we're really already on the subject. The U.S. Supreme Court is looking to possibly expedite a, an abortion provider challenge to the Texas, Texas heartbeat law. I don't know if you know about the law that was recently passed. The Texas law outlaws abortions after detection of a fetal heartbeat, making most abortions illegal in that state. It's, it's pretty simple. Once there's a heartbeat detected, that means that there's life. And that means that once the heartbeat's detected, you cannot kill that life. Um, so it looks like The justices told a group of abortion providers and advocates who made this request to submit their arguments by Thursday. Uh, And if the court does agree to speed up the process, it could deliver a ruling much sooner than if the case had to make its way through the court system. Uh, This happened Monday, just hours after the Biden administration asked the high court to halt the Texas Senate bill. Uh, The DOJ filed a lawsuit in federal court asking the judge to to declare this Texas heartbeat law invalid. The Texas, we already discussed what the Texas law represents. It allows average citizens to bring a lawsuit against someone that they think also helped facilitate an abortion. Since private individuals are enforcing the law instead of the state, it cannot be held responsible for the filings of those private citizens. So not only does it make an abortion illegal when a heartbeat is detected, but it also allows an average citizen to bring a lawsuit against someone that they think helped facilitate an abortion, such as a a doctor or Planned Parenthood or any organization such as that. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland, who we've seen more and more recently on the Senate floor saying all these outrageous comments, really showing his true colors, he recently said that the act is clearly unconstitutional under longstanding Supreme Court precedent. And he said he's also concerned other states could enact similar laws that would, quote, deprive their citizens of their constitutional rights. The communications director for Texas Right to Life doesn't expect either lawsuit to succeed um, from the attorney general. And she says, quote, we are confident Texas will ultimately defeat these attacks on our life saving efforts. Statistics already are showing that as many as 3,000 abortions in the U.S. each day could be could be saved from this. And while the heartbeat bill is only expected to really affect the numbers in Texas, it's reminding the country about life in the womb. It's, it's bringing our attention to a very important issue and one that I think Christians and conservatives and really all people should care about because it affects uh, the right to life, the, 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 the value of a human being uh, made in the image of God. And I, I wanted to make sure we, we talk about those issues on the show, even if it might be a little bit uncomfortable, even if it, it brings a little bit of upset into your day. It's important that we are aware of what's taking place. We address it with the right, I, I like to say, heavenly minded goggles in that sense. So that way we don't let it steal our joy, but we're aware of what's taking place so we can stand up and we can fight back for the truth. I've got two more stories to discuss before we get to a good news story and so much more right here on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. So it looks like we've, we've talked about this before on the show that our school system is seeming to be dealing with a lot of indoctrination and propaganda being brought into the public school system uh, from critical race theory to all the other issues that we've discussed on the show. Now we're seeing that, in fact, books in our school, public school libraries in many states are actually, quote, portraying pedophilia 
in, in several of the books. A book depicting porno, pornography between same-sex couples is popping up in public school libraries across the country after two national school library organizations have deemed it, quote, necessary reading material for children. Uh, according to the Western Journal, the title is Gender Queer, a memoir by Maya Kabobi has been spotted in school libraries in Florida, Ohio, North Carolina, Virginia, and Rhode Island so far. And this book is reportedly containing animated images of minors performing pornographic and sexual acts in the children's school library at these public schools. The School Library Journal is the first notable organization promoting this book and describes itself as a premier publications for librarians and information specialists who work with children and teens. Quote, it's also a great resource for those who identify as non-binary or asexual, as well as those who know someone who identifies that way and wish to better understand um, that this is exactly a quote from the organization's review. Then there's another group that's supporting the distribution of this pedophilia, uh, Young Adult Library Services Association. Uh, they actually granted the quote Alex Award to the book. That's an accolade given to books that have special appeal to young adults ages 12 through 18. So not only are they allowing these really pornographic, inappropriate pedophilia promoting books in many public schools across the country, as the states I listed there, North Carolina, Florida, Ohio, Virginia, and Rhode Island, not only are they allowing it in, but they're actually rewarding it with special special accolades such as the Alex Award because it, quote, provides a special appeal to teens. This is sick. This is frightening. And I want you to know about it because it gives you the ability to not only examine what's taking place perhaps in your own child's school, but also to speak up, to stand out no matter who you are and, and say, this is not acceptable. This is not what needs to be taught to our kids. This needs to, our kids, their minds are valuable. Their eyes are valuable. You can't unsee things. You can't really unread things today. And with the media and the culture that we live in right now, it's more and more becoming prevalent that our children are, are, are becoming really victims of these horrendous, outrageous um, evil. I mean, I mean that, there's really no other word to use. It, it's frankly evil. And this was recently reported by CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network. I want to give them credit there for their research. And let me read a quote, actually, from North Carolina Rep Rep Republican Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, who's actually already been speaking up like hopefully we all will. Quote, there's no reason anybody anywhere in America should be telling any child about transgenderism, homosexuality, any of that filth. The idea that our children should be taught about concepts of transgenderism and be exposed to sexually explicit materials in the classroom is abhorrent, end quote. And I couldn't agree more with what North Carolina Republican Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson had to say. I mean, I worry more and more every single day about the reality that we are living in an era, in a culture where we no longer distinguish between what's right and what's wrong, what, what, what's white and black, male, female, all of it. We're kind of blurring all of these lines and it's affecting our children. It's, it's good to be aware of different cultures. It's good to be aware of what's taking place in our world. I'm not dismissing that, but to subject innocent minds to 
material such as pedophilia, transgenderism, and homosexuality before they're even able to understand it or address their own individual ability to comprehend these very complicated subjects. We need to protect them at all costs. We need to protect innocent minds. We need to protect the life of the unborn. These are very fundamental principles. And more and more, this current administration is failing us in these these very basic ways. The U.S., I don't know if you've seen this, the U.S. has officially issued its first ex-gender passport, which um, is supporting documentation that's not required. The State Department issued, quote, the first passport with an ex-gender marker, offering a third option for U.S. passport holders who say they don't identify as female or male. In a statement issued on Wednesday, the department said it will try to, quote, better serve Americans by implementing further updates to its system by 2022. For now, the ex-gender marker is intended for non-binary, intersex, and gender non-conforming persons applying for a U.S. passport. State Department spokesperson Ned Price said, we look forward to offering this option to all routine passport applicants once we complete the required system and form updates in early 2022. And this, this was recently announced in June. And Again, not only is this blurring the lines of morality and immorality and right and wrong and all of those things, and we're living in a more moral, relativistic, uh, subjective culture, not only that, but it's also a matter, I believe, of national security, where now our very U.S. passport in order to enter the country from all over the world, you no longer have to distinguish a very basic identification, whether you're male or female. And I believe that this will make it a lot easier for terrorists and those that want to enter our country to hide their true identity and and, and be able to use the loopholes of these transgender um, and, and uh, cisgender, whatever all the terms are, uh, in order to, to enter America. And it's frightening, but I wanted you to be aware of it. I want you to really know what's taking place. We don't talk a whole lot about all of the news. But every once in a while, I'm going to bring you stories that are important that we know about so we can speak up, we can pray about it, and we can fight back for the truth of what God says in the Bible and what our hearts bring forth within us through the Holy Spirit. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. to myself somebody give me your microphone or a megaphone or a telephone you're gonna clap your hands gonna wanna dance good news got that old late news got that joy coming through got me feeling all right good news got that skipping line all right everybody welcome back to the ryan young show let's talk good news i told you i've got a good news story Courtney Potts, a woman in Columbia, and her two young kids were heading home in Tennessee, Columbia, Tennessee specifically, on Sunday when one of Potts' tires blew. She was able to get to the car to the side of the road, and another driver stopped to help her change her tire. But guess who that driver turned out to be? Country music star Luke Bryan 
in a baseball cap and t-shirt. He told Potts that he was in the area to take his son, Bo, and Tatum hunting, and he was able to stop and help her change her tire with her own children, and he told her that he was worried about her and wanted to make sure that she was all right and safe, and he got on his hands and knees, he fixed the tire, replaced it, and got them on their way, and he took time out of his day. Even a famous celebrity like Luke, Luke Bryan, a country music star, was able to... to be a good Samaritan in his town while he was taking his own kids hunting. I thought it was a cool story and one that you might find fascinating. You can actually look up the video of it. She filmed it and posted it on her TikTok, so you can see that there. But it's a reminder that no matter who you are, no matter what you do for a living, even if you're famous, celebrity, and anyone really, you have the ability to make an impact, to do good, and to, do, to, to, to show kindness to those around you each and every single day. And that, that's, I hope, what you will do today. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Hey, all the world starts changing when the church starts We know there's power in prayer. We talk about the value of prayer and the importance of prayer in a Christian's life every single day. But I've got two prayer requests for you today that that if you could take a moment out of your day at some point today to pray for a man named Mr. Fisher. He's having a heart surgery to replace a valve. And and the hard part right now is he's waiting for this surgery and it brings a lot of worry and fear uh, among the family and the children. And so we want to pray that we can bring peace and comfort to his family and healing and restoration to Mr. Fisher's body. And that, that is a prayer request I have for you today, as well as another one there are 17 missionaries right now that have been kidnapped in Haiti. This just happened on October 16th. Many of them are still missing. Um, members from the 400 Mawozo gang are claiming responsibility for the abduction and want $17 million in ransom for their safe release. Um, five children are among the 16 Americans and one Canadian who were, who was also taken along with the Haitian driver during a visit to an orphanage. Let's pray that they're brought home quickly and safely. Pray that the gang of kidnappers would be overwhelmed by the love of Jesus and release them. I'm Ryan Young, and we'll be back shortly with a testimony and so much more. Don't go anywhere. everybody. Welcome back to the Ryan Young Show. I'm Ryan Young, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM or wherever you're listening to podcasts or maybe even found our YouTube channel where you're watching me right now, if you can believe it. Um, But we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And I've got a testimony today from a famous actor, Denzel Washington. It's a bit long, but it's always been impactful for me. I've probably listened to it 
three or four times now. And he gave a speech at a college, uh, one of those speeches at the end of the year. I, for some reason, the word's escaping me. A commemoration speech, whatever it's called. You know what I'm talking about, a graduation speech. And he gave it and he delivered it and he talked about faith and his own stri- trials and struggles and what we need to do as college students and really as people all across the world, no matter your age, uh, to stay strong, to to have faith in so much. We're going to hear the testimony of Denzel Washington. Give it a listen. And then we wrap up the show with an important question of the day. Don't go anywhere. And here's Denzel. I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. Nothing. Nelson Mandela said, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that's less than the one you're capable of living. Now, I'm sure in your experiences in school and applying to college and picking your major and deciding what you want to do with life, I'm sure people have told you to make sure you have something to fall back on. Make sure you got something to fall back on, honey. But I never understood that concept having something to fall back on. If I'm going to fall, I don't want to fall back on anything except my faith. I want to fall forward. I figure at least this way I'll see what I'm going to hit. Fall forward. This is what I mean. Reggie Jackson struck out 2,600 times in his career, the most in the history of baseball. But you don't hear about the strikeouts. People remember the home runs. Fall forward. Thomas Edison conducted 1,000 failed experiments. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Because the 1,001st was the light bulb. Fall forward. Every failed experiment is one step closer to success. You've got to take risks, and I'm sure you've probably heard that before, but I want to talk to you about why that's so important. First, you will fail at some point in your life. Accept it. You will lose. You will embarrass yourself. You will suck at something. There's no doubt about it. And I know that's probably not a traditional message for a graduation ceremony, but hey, I'm telling you, embrace it, because it's inevitable. And I should know. In the acting business, you fail all the time. Early on in my career, I auditioned for a part in a Broadway musical. Perfect role for me, I thought, except for the fact that I can't sing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the wings. I'm about to go on stage. But the guy in front of me, he's singing like, like, like Pavarotti. He's just, and he's just going on and on and on. And I'm just shrinking. I'm getting smaller and smaller. So they say, oh, thank you very much, thank you very much, and you'll be hearing from us. So I come out with my little sheet music, and it was was, uh, just my imagination by The Temptations. That's what I came up with. So I hand it to the the, the accompanist, and uh, she looks at it and looks at me and looks out at the director and was like, nice. So I I start, you know, I'm going to sing. I'm like, you know. This is my imagination Once again And then Coming away with me And I'm not saying anything So I'm thinking I'm getting better So I, I just start getting into it It was just my imagination <laughs> Running this, uh, yeah, thank, yeah, thank, thank you Thank you 
Thank you very much, Mr. Washington. Thank you. So I assumed I didn't get the job. But the next part of the audition, he called me back. The next part of the audition is the acting part of the audition. Now I'm like, hey, okay, maybe I can't sing, but I know I can act. So they pair me with this guy. And again, I didn't know about musical theater. And musical theater is big, so they can reach everyone all the way in the back of the, of the stadium. And I'm more from a realistic, uh, naturalistic kind of acting where you, you know, you actually talk to the person next to you. So I, I don't know what my line was. My line was, well, hand me the cup. And his line was, well, I will hand you the cup, my dear. The cup will be there to be handed to you. I, I said, oh, okay. <laughs> well, should I give you the cup back? Oh, yes, you should give it back to me because you know that is my cup and it should be given back to me. I didn't get the job. <laughs> but here's the thing. I didn't quit. I didn't fall back. I walked out of there to prepare for the next audition and the next audition and the next audition. I prayed. I prayed. And I prayed. But I continued to fail and fail and fail but it didn't matter because you know what there's an old saying you hang around the barbershop long enough sooner or later you're going to get a haircut so you will catch a break and i did catch a break last year i did a play called fences on broadway someone talked about it won the tony award I, and i didn't have to sing by the way <laughs> But here's the kicker. It was at the court theater. It was at the same theater that I failed that first audition 30 years prior. The point is, every graduate here today has the training and the talent to succeed. But do you have the guts to fail? Here's my second point about failure. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. I'll say it again. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. My wife told me this great expression. To get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. Les Browns, a motivational speaker, he made an analogy about this. He says, imagine you're on your deathbed and standing around your deathbed are the ghosts representing your unfulfilled potential. The ghost of the ideas you never acted on. The ghost of the talents you didn't use. And they're standing around your bed angry, disappointed and upset they say we we came to you because you could have brought us to life they say and now we have to go to the grave together so i ask you today how many ghosts are going to be around your bed when your time comes you've invested you, you've invested a lot in your education and people have invested in you and let me tell you the world needs your talents and does it ever I just got back from Africa like two days ago, so if I'm rambling on, it's because I'm jet lagged. I just got back from South Africa. It's a beautiful country, but there are places there with terrible poverty that need help. And Africa is just the, the, the tip of the iceberg. The Middle East needs your help. Japan needs your help. Alabama needs your help. Tennessee needs your help. Louisiana needs your help. Philadelphia needs your help. The world needs a lot, and we need it from you. 
We really do. We need it from you young people. I mean, I'm not speaking for the rest of us up here, but I know I'm getting a little grayer. We need it from you, the young people. So you got to get out there. You got to give it everything you got, whether it's your time, your talent, your prayers, or your treasures. Because remember this, you will never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You will never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't take it with you. The Egyptians tried it. And all they got was robbed. So the question is, what are you going to do with what you have? I'm not talking about how much you have. Some of you are business majors, some of you are theologians, nurses, sociologists, some of you have money, some of you have patience, some of you have kindness, some of you have love, some of you have the gift of long-suffering, whatever it is, whatever your gift is, what are you going to do with what you have? All right, now here's my last point about failure. Sometimes it's the best way to figure out where you're going. Your life will never be a straight path. I began at Fordham University as a pre-med student. I, 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 I took a course called the car, cardiac morphogenesis. I still can't say it. Cardiac, cardiac morphogenesis. I couldn't read it. I couldn't say it. I sure couldn't pass it. <laughs> so then I decided to go into pre-law, then journalism. And with no academic focus, my grades took off in their own direction. Yeah, down. I was a 1.8 GPA one semester, and the university very politely suggested that it might be better to take some time off. I was 20 years old. I was at my lowest point. And then one day, and I remember the exact day, March 27, 1975, I was helping my mother in her beauty shop. My mother owned a beauty shop up in Mount Vernon. And there's, there was this older woman who was uh, considered one of the elders in the town. And I didn't know her personally, but I, I was looking in the mirror. And every time I looked at the mirror, I could see her behind me and she was staring at me. She just kept looking at me. Every time I looked at her, she kept giving me these strange looks. So she finally took the dryer off her head and said, some, she said something I'll never forget. First of all, she said, somebody give me a piece of paper. Give me a piece of paper. She said, young boy, I have a prophecy, a spiritual prophecy. She said, you are going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. Now, mind you, I'm 20 years old. I'm plunked out of school. In fact, like a wise ass, I'm thinking to myself, maybe she's got something in that crystal ball about me getting back into school next fall. But maybe she was on to something because later that summer, while working as a counselor at a YMCA camp in Connecticut, we put on a talent show for the campers. And after the show, another counselor came up to me and asked, have you ever thought about acting? You're good at that. So when I got back to Fordham that fall, I got in and I changed my major once again for the last time. And in the years that followed, just as that woman prophesied, I have traveled the world and I have spoken to millions of people through my movies. Millions who up till this day couldn't see me. I, who, who up till this day, I couldn't see while I was talking to them and they couldn't see me. They could only see the movie. They couldn't see the real me. But I see you today. And I'm encouraged by what I see. And I'm strengthened by what I see.
And I love what I see. A very beautiful testimony from Denzel Washington, a wonderful actor. If you haven't seen the movie that he actually referenced, it was also a play, uh, Fences. I highly recommend it. It's a phenomenal movie, uh, a powerful story in and of itself. But hopefully Denzel Washington's words were able to encourage you today. If you're failing, if you're you're dealing with hardships and difficulties and you really don't know where you're going to go in your life, I think that's something that we all wrestle with. I, I, I still don't really know where I'll end up or, or what I'll do but I have the faith that God's going to lead me to it. And I'm grateful for the gifts uh, that he has given to me. And I, I pray that he can use me to my fullest potential. I really appreciated Denzel Washington's words there, and I hope it blessed you as well. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. In all of our questions, all of our searching, When we are wrestling, you don't let go The questions come, but you remain The battles roar, but still you reign An important question of the day for us to think about today, and this was one that, I, again, I was talking to a person about, and we were just thinking about it, having a conversation. And I thought it would be one that I think we, a lot of different people have questions about so we can discuss it. Why doesn't God always free us from temptation? Why doesn't God always free us from the temptation that we face? And this was one that I, I was wrestling with and thinking about because we know that when you become a Christian, when, when you're saved and when you're walking with Jesus, naturally what happens, yesterday we talked about it, we begin to bear good fruits. We begin to represent more and live more like Christ and be kind to those around us. Doesn't mean that we're not gonna fall. And so when we fall, those specific temptations that, that lead us to fall, typically it'll be specific ones, a repeat offender ones for each of us. And I'm not here to... to to guess which ones might be the temptation, but oftentimes it involves a lustful spirit, satisfying the flesh, gambling, alcoholism, those types of issues. And, and you, you're, you profess to being a Christian, you love Jesus, he loves you, the whole thing, but yet you still find yourself back in that prison with the gate wide open. And I wanna try to figure out why God sometimes doesn't always free us from these temptations. And I believe that God desires to completely free us from it. I really do. And I believe that in some circumstances, through our our faith in him and over a period of time, we will be set free of all of those sins. God sent his son to die on a cross to save us from those sins. But what I was ta- while I was talking about this and thinking about it, I wondered, and I want to propose this possible solution, this possible answer to the question. Sometimes I wonder if God doesn't free us always from these temptations because if we no longer went through those trials, if we no longer had that temptation or that difficulty, perhaps we would no longer understand and see our desperate need for Jesus. Just something to think about. If your life was going just the way you wanted it to go, if you didn't face temptation or trials and difficulties and hardships, 
Would you see your desperate need for God? Would you recognize that you are in fact a sinful, wretched, miserable person apart from him? Or would you become arrogant, haughty, self-righteous, and no longer see the reason why, why should I be wasting my time uh, in the word of God or trying to, to honor God and, and obey the commandments in the Bible? See, God is mindful of our frame. He knows the difficulties that we go through. He hears our hearts cry, begging him to set us free from the different temptations that we might be going through. And perhaps his answer to that prayer is to discipline us every time we make that mistake. Because when we make that mistake in the process of that temptation, we recognize in that very moment, perhaps every day, perhaps once a week, perhaps once a month, however often it is, we recognize in that moment that we need you, Jesus. There's something I wanted to share, something that perhaps you relate to. We know scripture's clear here that Jesus actually has gone through all of the temptations that we face. While Jesus was on the earth, he underwent every single temptation that we went. But the thing about Jesus was he didn't sin. He didn't fall into the temptation. He was perfect. But because Jesus went through all the temptations that we face, he's aware of what it's like. He's aware of the difficulty of living on this earth and going about the world, but not being of the world. He understands. He loves you. And I believe the love is really shown in a powerful way because when we mess up, when we fall short of God's holy standard, when we get tempted, when we become filled with lust or greed, or self-interest, or arrogance. We see that God loves us because he disciplines us in that moment. Perhaps we become upset. Perhaps we we feel miserable inside. Perhaps we don't know why we keep making the same mistake. And and it brings us to scream and call out and say, Lord, forgive me, I don't want to live this way any longer. I believe that's actually a gift to know where you stand with God, to know that he loves you because scripture's clear. He disciplines those that he loves. See, if you didn't have that check in your spirit, if you didn't feel convicted or guilty when you fall prey to temptations and satisfy your own desires, if you didn't feel that miserable state within you, the separation from God, would you know that God loved you? Would you know that in fact you were even saved and his? You see, if you weren't his, there would be no conviction within your soul to to honor God's commands. You'd be simply living for yourself and desiring to satisfy your flesh. 
And you know, yesterday when I shared my testimony, I talked about it. I was worried that I wasn't going to make it to heaven because I kept making these same mistakes over and over again. I desired to die to ensure that I'd make it to heaven and not get caught up in this world and end up living for myself and finding myself in hell. That was something that I expressed yesterday, but I want you to know that if you are are feeling convicted and guilty of the sin, you can call out to Jesus right now and ask for forgiveness. And you can be confident of the fact that he does love you because he's disciplining you. Because he's convicting your spirit and telling you, Ryan, this isn't the way. I'm calling you to higher things. And you can call out asking for him to take away this temptation, but perhaps he will use that temptation to bring you to your knees and to confess that Jesus is Lord every single day. No matter what you're going through today, no matter the trials, the temptations, or the struggles, call out to Jesus. He loves you. He promises to forgive you, to throw your sins as far as the east is to the west. I'm Ryan Young, and this has been The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Reach out to me. My email is ryoung at hillsdale.edu, ryoung at hillsdale.edu.